Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our series of fantasy football team previews, going through this time the New Orleans Saints after leaving off with the New England Patriots. But before we get into the new the New Orleans Saints, I of course need to tell you about all the cool stuff that we have going on over at RotoExperts.com. It is the only resource that you would need to win. In your fantasy football league in 2019. We have our expert rankings. We have projections done, uh, team level down, the most comprehensive projections in the fantasy football industry and are used to also power the Daily Roto DFS projections. We also have customizable cheat sheets. We have best ball tools. We have published the ultimate guide to zero RB drafting and the ultimate guide to to winning play draft best ball league. So everything really that you could hope to have in order to win your best ball leagues or your weekly management fantasy leagues or even your high stakes league is all available on rotoexperts.com. And now let's get into the New Orleans Saints. They have... uh, You know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees. However, things are definitely changing for Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, who also have Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill as their backup quarterbacks. So last season, Drew Brees threw only 489 passing attempts in 15 games. The year before, he threw 563 passes in 16 games. The year before that, he led the league in passing with 673 passing attempts with 5,208 yards. In fact, I, here's, a, here's a good bar bet for you. If you wanted to make a bet with someone, ask them if Drew Brees had thrown for 4,000 yards or not last season, and they would say, oh, it's, of course, it's Drew Brees. Of course he threw for 4,000 yards, but guess what? Drew Brees did not throw for 4,000 passing yards. He threw only 3,992 yards, 32 touchdowns, only five interceptions. So there are a couple different reasons why Drew Brees' numbers became a little bit worse. The first is that the team just started running the ball way more. The team ran the ball 471 times last season, 194 attempts for Alvin Kamara, 138 for Mark Ingram, 37 for Taysom Hill, 27 for Dwayne Washington, some Mike Gillisley, Teddy Bridgewater, Zach Line attempts thrown in throughout there. But the big ones are that the team ran way more often with Kamara, Ingram, Washington, and Gillisley before uh, Ingram came back from that suspension. Alvin Kamara averaged 58 rushing yards a game. Mark Ingram averaged 53 rushing yards per game. And I guess, I mean, you can throw in (laughs) Drew Brees also had 31 rushing attempts for 22 yards. They mostly use him as a short yardage quarterback. They are uh, they're one of the teams that's really smart about using the quarterback sneak on you know on the on first down or uh, or uh, not on first down on fourth down or on like really close goal to go situations. So the issue with Drew Brees is sort of unlike the other quarterbacks who are pass-only quarterbacks now, like uh, Tom Brady, like Andy Dalton, like Phil Rivers. 
all of those guys' ADPs have started to stretch back and sort of show the fact that they just are not, they don't have that same sort of fantasy upside anymore. That's not really happening with Drew Brees' ADP. Uh, on the on play draft, uh, Drew Brees' ADP is actually higher than Cam Newton, higher than Jameis Winston, higher than Lamar Jackson, and I'm just not certain that he's really earned that, right? Like, I, I think I, I think we can acknowledge that Drew Brees at home is g- still going to be a pretty good fantasy asset. We're still pretty likely to use Drew Brees at home, uh, you know, in, in div- divisional matchups and higher total games. We will definitely be interested in using him for, like, daily fantasy. He will be a good start. However, I just think it's pretty clear that his fantasy point ceiling has, I, I, I think that it has diminished just because they're not passing quite as often. They're using Teddy Britt they're using Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill more. Um, Taysom Hill played in a bunch of games last year. He had he only had seven passing attempts, but he just took a lot of random snaps in at quarterback. You know, he had 37 rushing attempts. He had seven targets, two only two touchdowns. Definitely, like, the legend of Taysom Hill was bigger than the on-field impact of Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill did have a negative... All those snaps did have a negative correlation with... Drew Brees' fantasy value. So that's like the biggest thing to take away. Uh, Drew Brees is just not really a guy that I get in drafts all that often. If I'm taking a quarterback early, it's probably going to be Kyler Murray. It's probably going to be Jameis Winston. It's probably going to be Cam Newton. If I'm looking to go a little bit later, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. You know, Even if Drew Brees falls, I would much rather have Lamar Jackson in my weekly management leagues just because there's clearly an upside to Lamar Jackson winning me my league. There probably is not going to be that upside for Drew Brees to win my league. So that is the quarterback situation for the New Orleans Saints. I would also, if you guys are, I, I don't talk about dynasty a ton in these, but this is probably one of the last chances to float out like a total low ball offer for Teddy Bridgewater. So I would definitely be interested in doing that. Moving to the running back situation for the New Orleans Saints, two-headed monster here, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. The backups on the roster right now are Dwayne Washington, Jaquiz Rogers, Devin Ozigbo, and Kerwin Williams. I would expect Washington to make the roster because he's a special, he's a good guy on special teams. I'm thinking Jaquiz Rogers probably is not going to make the final 53, and then one of Ozigbo or Williams could make the roster as well. The Saints normally do like to keep four four running backs on the team. So that would be useful. That would be useful for them. Uh, but the, the big fantasy impact here is of course going to be Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Kamara last year had 194 carries, 105 targets. Uh, that was in 15 games, did not play in the 16th game, averaged 58 yards per game rushing, 47 yards per game through the air, had a catch percentage of 77%, 6.8 yards per target. Uh, I mean, you know, what is there to say about Alvin Kamara? He is one of the absolute best assets in fantasy football. Probably the guy I would take at number three overall now with Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey being one and two. Ezekiel Elliott obviously would have been a guy I would have rather had than Alvin Kamara before all this holdout stuff. But now there's enough doubt with the holdout stuff, not getting a full training camp in, and uh, all of those corresponding concerns that Kamara is now pretty clearly ahead of him. I don't think there's much interesting to say about draft. Drafting Alvin Kamara. Uh, if you have the chance to draft him, you should do it. You're not going to be disappointed. 
On the other hand, Latavius Murray is actually a pretty interesting guy. So Mark Ingram last year in 12 games had 138 rushing attempts and 27 targets in those 12 games. So that right there is pretty valuable. If you look at what Mark Ingram's role was in those games last year, uh, he had um, he had four he had five games with three or more targets. He had uh, five games with 13 or more carries, and he scored six rushing touchdowns in those 12 games was also pretty heavily involved in their playoff games as well with nine rushing attempts and two targets in each of those games. So Mark Ingram was a real part of the Saints offense and effectively what they did was they just traded out Mark Ingram for a little bit cheaper of a model in Latavius Murray who had one of the better seasons of his career last year 4.1 yards per carry over 16 games uh, got involved in the passing game a little bit you know 26 targets four minutes Minnesota. Uh, and I actually think there's probably like this misnomer that Latavius is not capable of catching passes. He profiled as someone who could do that well coming out of college, started for Oakland in 2015, had a thousand yards rushing, 53 targets, was actually was actually a, a pretty good running back in 2015 and finished as the number 10 overall running back and the 31st overall player in fantasy football in 2015. So when you're looking at Latavius Murray, I think it's better to. I think I think I have no problem saying that he's like maybe even a better or a souped up version of what Mark Ingram provided for their offense last year. And I think Latavius is one of the pretty clear values at the running back position now because we know the Saints want to run the ball more. We know that uh, they they had a chance to bring in Theo Riddick, didn't do it. Uh, so they're keeping their backfield sort of the same configuration that they had before and. I mean, that that role in the New Orleans Saints offense is valuable. We're not projecting them to spike in passing anymore. So really the ways for Latavius Murray to bust would be uh, I guess as follows. One, of course, it would be injury. The second would be that Taysom Hill just takes over as like the short yardage back for all that stuff. So there's not that there's not those six touchdowns that Mark Ingram got last year. Those are sort of all going to Taysom Hill. Another direction that could go would be if Dwayne Washington somehow uh, started to eat into that playing time. And the other one would be if uh, Divine Ozigbo coming out of the Big Ten uh, out of Nebraska found a way to you know just be uh, a a NFL caliber running back right away, which I, I personally do not see happening. I was not super high on him coming out of the draft. So the Saints running back situation, both of those guys are pretty clear buys to me. Uh, definitely, I mean, we, we want marking like we want the uh, Mark Ingram corollary on our fantasy team. So moving to the wide receivers now in eleven personnel. I got to be honest. I, this is kind of how I, I break down every time we head into these team previews. I say, okay, these are going to be the three starting wide receivers. I'll be honest, I don't know. And I don't know if the New Orleans Saints do either. So Michael Thomas is going to be the undisputed top wide receiver. He had 147 targets last year. Kamara had 105. The next highest tally of a wide receiver was 44 targets, and Ben Watson had 46 out of 511 possible targets. Uh, the Saints had over 10 players see double-digit targets, including Cameron Meredith, who is no longer on the team. Tommy Lee Lewis is no longer on the team. Mike Gillisley and Jonathan Williams are no longer on the team. 
So a lot of a lot of things have shaken up amongst the wide receivers. Best guess is that Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, and Traquan Smith lead this wide receiver grouping in snaps and targets. Not even not even guess. That is informed speculation that Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith are going to be in a pretty heavy rotation when Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas is capable of playing in the slot. He's capable of being a big slot. In fact, I'd say he is quite good at it. However, there are some other interesting names hanging out here. Uh, Keith Kirkwood, an example of a guy who was a contributor for New Orleans last year. 21 targets, 13 receptions, 209 yards, two touchdowns. Think that there's probably a chance that Kirkwood has earned a role, perhaps even over uh, Traquan Smith. Like I, I would say, for a second-year wide receiver playing with Drew Brees, there's just not been a ton of hype about Traquan Smith. I sort of expected that the team would be talking him up, kind of, kind of how they used to talk up Mark Ingram when he was there, or how the Patriots used to talk up guys like Malcolm Mitchell or, or Aaron Dobson. But there has not really been any of that on Traquan Smith, who had 44 targets. 28 receptions, 427 yards, and five touchdowns last season. Uh, the way that I draft, you know, you, I mean, you guys know this. I, I'm, I am really focused on ceilings, and uh, you know, I, I think that Traquan has a crazy ceiling. Uh, he had that game against Philadelphia: 13 targets, 10 receptions, and a touchdown. He had the three-target, 111-yard, two-touchdown game against Washington. So, like, he was involved in their offense. It's not that it's not that Traquan was not uh, not a guy who played for the Saints last year. Uh, the thing I would say is that he was like sort of a raw rookie. You know, he played at the University of Central Florida. So, you know, I get, and he had only one 1,000-yard season, only one season with double-digit touchdowns at the University of Central Florida playing in the American Conference. So that was a that was a big step up in competition for Traquan Smith. You know, he went from playing in the American Conference to, you know, I, like, playing in the NFL. Those are those like that's a that's a big shift in competition in is playing in that game. Uh so he played in that he played in the game against Auburn where uh where the the SEC finally took an L. They lost to uh they lost to the University of Central Florida. Traquan had 5 for 89 in that game. That would have been the biggest game of his career up until that point and then all of a sudden a year later he's playing in the you know the NFC Conference Championship game against the Los Angeles Rams getting guarded against you know all pro corners. So a big shift of things in a year for Traquan Smith. I'm still drafting him at his ADP. I find it to be pretty appropriate. Uh, I think he is a pretty good selection in the draft of best ball championship 